0: My name is Mark Solomon and this is Never Was. I never was in the closet. Never had a big secret I was hiding. I was afraid it would uh, hurt my artistic ambitions or in any way affect my goals as a musician, as a writer, or as any kind of artist at all. Oh, wait, did I say uh, never and then just the straight thing? Sorry, I meant every day of my life I flipped in the closet. I never was not in the closet. Oopsie. OK, no this isn't going to be a rant about homosexuality or the definition of marriage or anything. Love them all. Let God sort them out. No, actually this is about art. We're talking about art where you're supposed to be free. I think you're supposed to be free. Where honest expression is allegedly the whole point. I realize that this may have been like an episode of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe or, or, or maybe G.I. Joe or something, but I feel like that might have been something. Might have been like a thing. Art is freedom or something. Here, a quote. Art is autobiographical. The pearl is the oyster's autobiography. Director Federico Fellini. I feel like for most of the time I've been putting things into the world artistically, I've put them out there through a kind of filter. Consciously at times, and at times unconsciously. You know, I've held something back. I've hidden it in the closet, if you will. You know, always with the question, will people hate me after this comes out? This show, perfect example. But where did that start? Why did I feel the need to hide in there in the first place? If art is this free, loving thing, why did I need this to hide? I think it's because I found out over time that it's freaking dangerous out there. Whenever you let your guard down and you do something honest, people just can't resist the opportunity to jam a shiv in there. It's just way too easy. Here, here's another quote. Art is what you can get away with. Andy Warhol. Hmm. That right there is, for me, the rub. I mean, that might have been the beginning of the danger, really. Get away with what? And from whom? The establishment trying to bring me down? I don't know. I mean, that was the ethos that I grew up with. But after trying to live on that edge, I'm not convinced the establishment gives a shit if I live or die. That whole freedom in art and self-expression is encouraged bit, the establishment doesn't care. It turns out it's not true. The people who were saying that the whole time I grew up, yeah, they ended up being, uh, I don't know, full of shit. Just like rock and roll, art was taken from people like myself. The dorks, the schmucks, the oddballs. And please, pardon the expression, but this is something that they said a hundred years ago when I was in school. Art was taken away from the art fags. The never wases. It was taken from us. Art was taken from us, and it was taken over by pretentious assholes. Art is what you can get away with. I mean, I'm not sure what Warhol meant. I wasn't there, okay? I'm not blaming him. But I'm pretty sure somewhere along the line, some jerk decided that he was gonna be the one to decide if indeed I had gotten away with it. You know, And the so-called art world that this jerk came from, that world more consistently than from anywhere else is where art has become synonymous with risk and danger and not the good kind. As a follower of Christ, My faith and the honest expression of it through artistic means has often been a reason to run for the closet from them. But hey, fortune favors the brave, so uh, here I am, without a fortune. (laughs) An essential element of any art is risk. If you don't take a risk, then how are you going to make something really beautiful that hasn't been seen before? I always like to say that cinema without risk is like having no sex and expecting to have a baby. You have to take a risk. Francis Ford Coppola, 99U Magazine. Look, here's my thing. If what I'm saying through my art, whatever it is, offends you to the point where you discredit it as being art at all, you're the problem, not me. That goes for the establishment and the art world so beat it jerks beat it okay my guest tonight the talented Ms. Sally Grayson currently of the band Black Swift shares with me her dilemma should she stay in the closet or out herself as a Christian do yourself a favor save what you think you'd say to her until the show's over you'll be glad you did okay one last quote art is art Everything else is everything else. Add Reinhardt. And now, my friend, Sally Grayson. But first. (music) Hello! There are Knights of the Patreon table popping up all over the place. Kara McQuaid. Oh boy. Oh boy. Mattie Soko Sokotenu Sokotenu Sokotenu. Mattie Mattai? Mattai Sokan Soko i I'm not gonna Mat S O C O T-E-A-N-U. <laughs> Bo Griffin, I got that one. Stefan Gilbert. The cryptic the cryptically named Jason. No last name given. And last but not least, as if it were destiny, Ben Knight. Hello, sir Knight. Listen, I just want to take a moment to say to the 21 people who've contributed anywhere from a buck to 20 bucks a month, thank you. It's like mind-blowing. We're still waiting on that million-dollar-a-month patron. But again, if you have a million dollars a month that you'd like to pledge, just give me a call. Uh, until then... This is kind of awesome. We'll actually be able to send a few bucks to the guy who puts the show together, Billy Power. Sorry, Billy. I'm just putting it out there. I mean, he's been doing this show for basically, well, for nothing. (laughs) For nothing since I started. And to be able to give him something, anything for his hours, and I'm talking five, six, eight hours a week of work to put the show together, it makes me all wiggly inside. So again, thank you, all of you patrons. All of you knights of the Patreon table. And if you'd like to join in contributing to the digital tip jar, please do. You simply go to ineverwas.com, click on the Patreon link at the top of the page, follow the yellow brick links, easy as could be. Kara, Mattai, Bo, Stefan, Sir Ben Knight, and Mystery Jason, I thank you. Not much else to say, but thank you very much. To my understanding, on years and years of tours, to your memory, like two or three shows with Mortal, <laughs> right? Yeah. I think we met through Brian Gray.
1: Yeah, I and mean, Aaron Bradford. Talking,
0: these are the days of the Newman House, That's right? All those guys living in that house together. Yeah. Steve acre had not been been born yet. It was post crucified, and I think maybe I met you through Brian Gray and Jeff Belu. Really?
1: Yeah. I um. I think. Yeah, I was friends with Aaron Bradford and when he was playing The Blamed. And, <laughs> <laughs> right. and yeah, I was with like Youth with a Mission. <laughs> and uh they oh, let me just like okay. they let me just like go out on the weekends and Aaron would Aaron would come and w- pick me up. And then I don't know, do I stay did I like sleep on the sofa at you guys' place? I have no idea where I, no, I stayed at stayed at Jerome's. I don't hmm. know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, one of those weekends Brian was playing, I guess, with the Blamed, and there was a song that I recorded with Jaron and Jerome, and Brian really liked it, and he called it um he called the style Juliana Helmet, like Juliana Hatfield and Helmet together. <laughs> and then <laughs> okay. we like covered that song he played some show and then we we did that together. But, yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs>
0: yeah. Many moons ago. Yeah in the days of uh of me living with a bunch of dudes in a stinky apartment oh my gosh that place <laughs> my uh, my but well dirk dirk suggested that we I do a show on the Newman house because it was the epicenter of a lot of those bands i think that might actually be kind of a fun show to do totally but I must. The thing that God was talking about all this stuff was because I remembered that weird chicken guy, <laughs> and <laughs> I mean that was so freaking disturbing, man. That guy with those weird Tupperware things, you know.
1: Oh my god! I can't believe you forgot it. I guess I just blocked blocked him out of my memory. I don't know. Maybe I was too disturbed. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No, he I he didn't I seem like he,
0: it wasn't like he was a gutter punk or something like that. He was just kind of like this dude, but he he had all these weird things in his backpack, including scabs and oh my gosh, you sure <laughs> you're not elaborating in the story? I am pos- no way. That's a hundred. It was like toenail
1: clippings or something. Scabs. That that's like yeah. one of those grosser than gross jokes that you'd tell as a kid.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, except it's totally real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um uh, we've established that we haven't seen each other in a gazillion years. Yeah. So and your huge career playing guitar alongside chickens obviously <laughs> didn't didn't take you into the stratosphere. So what happened? Did you die or are you still alive?
1: Um, I'm pretty sure I'm still alive. Um, yeah. What what happens? I went I I moved all over the place kind of what happened? That's what happened. Yeah. yeah, I moved to uh, India for a while, and uh, yeah, and I've been living here in Germany for like ten years.
0: Did you go to yeah. India through through Youth with a Mission?
1: No, I went with Steiger. Yeah, it's anyway. It was it was an organization. Well, this segment in India was run by this guy named Tan, who like was also like in this rock opera. <laughs> and was trying to book a tour but then he saw all the poverty there and he ended up staying and like starting this this organization where he would find people on the street that were pretty much dying and bring him to the hospital and then he started like a rehabilitation home yeah i wow. was yeah he came to minneapolis and he showed a video and, and and told stories and showed pictures and it really like impacted me and i went to visit and then like a year later i decided to move there but um yeah, I didn't.
0: And so, how long were you in India?
1: Yeah, I was planning to stay for two to five years, um, but mm-hmm. uh, I stayed just seven months. <laughs> yeah, I got kind of burnt out. I,
0: um, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that would be very uh, kind of rough on the on the heart. I don't
1: yeah. Know. Yeah, I mean, it was really hard to say no and like to take care of myself. That's kind of where I went wrong there. I um, okay. it was hard to like shut my door and say, like, okay, I just need to play some music or paint or whatever and know that, like, by me staying in my room could mean that somebody would die, <laughs> you know? And then I just saw some really ah, horrific stuff. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, our neighbor, sorry, this is getting really heavy sorry, <laughs> right off the bat, but, um, yeah, our neighbor killed his wife, like, by burning her. It's like the bride burnings. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. but What? Yeah, it's like, um, it has to do with dowry. Like, anyway, that's a longer story, but the, um, the when the wife marries into a family, they, her family has to pay the groom's family uh, a dowry, and okay. if they don't pay that, then sometimes, since it's arranged marriages, you know, like, sometimes they'll just kill the wife so they could marry somebody else and get a dowry, you oh know? Oh, my gosh. And, yeah, we, like, heard screaming and went over there, and she had just doused herself in water. Ugh. It was pretty intense. Sorry, I don't want to... <laughs> Anyway, oh wow, man.
0: Yes. No, that's that's uh So you were over you were in India for 7 months and it just it just wore you out and you got out of there. Did you come back to the States or did you go straight to Germany?
1: No, I came back to the States. Actually, um well, when I when I arrived um the second time when I was moving there, um I arrived at the airport and this uh one of the guys came to pick me up and he was with somebody else, this German guy who like had this crazy like tailored made outfit that was like the colors of a sunset with like a moon on the back and he had kind of longish hair with like on top of on, on top of his head of a on a ponytail in a ponytail looked kind of like a black fountain and okay. um yeah that that was my future husband
0: <laughs> no <laughs>
1: no right yeah. that's marcus and um yeah so he was there volunteering and then We ended up, like, teaching art classes because they had a home for for kids with disabilities. And uh, we, um, yeah, we taught art classes to the kids and just hung out and snuck on the roof and smoked cigarettes and drank wine. (laughs) 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 Yeah.
0: Sadly, getting in trouble.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then it was funny because when he left, they're like, where'd your husband go? (laughs) So they kind of knew before I did, Mm -hmm. I guess, but... (laughs) <laughs> yeah
0: that's awesome yeah so so you've been married now for what what does that make it at least 10 years right
1: uh nine years in september yeah i moved here before nine years. before we got married um I, i'm just gonna go ahead and just keep on telling um my story with marcus if that's all right because it's um it's pretty awesome yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah go please please i want to hear it okay. i want to know so i didn't get to hear any of this stuff you just vanished off the face I of know. the earth
1: <laughs> yeah so like i moved back to chicago my, i was living with my, with my sister in chicago and um i was just trying to work through everything and was pretty bummed out like you know that it didn't work out because that was really on my heart and like yeah. it's just so amazing to do something that you to make a difference like Yeah, to to act and make a difference in somebody's life um, to help them live, you know, and um, anyway, so I did a lot of painting and songwriting and whatever, you know, that's totally my catharsis. Like, that's how I deal with hardship. But um, but I was crushing on Marcus, like when I met him and I was like, forget it. He's in Germany. I'm in India. Um, And before I went back to the States, I went to Germany to visit him because there was like a conference and um and he he was in munich studying art at the time and uh he he showed me around the city like with the huge pretzels and the huge beers and whatever (laughs) munich's pretty beautiful city and one night he's like uh um we're talking and he told me this sad story and um and i was like oh man i just want to give you a hug and he's like what's a hug and i was like because he didn't know that word in english
0: (laughs) Okay. And I gave him a hug. <laughs> Sounds like a line. <laughs> <laughs> What's <No>. a hug?
1: <laughs> He's like, oh, that's a great word. He's like, that would be a great band name, The Hug. So, like, um, so I went back to Chicago, and then he decided to start a band called The Hug. But he didn't play any instruments at the time, and so he like invited his musician friends to be in the band, and he then he asked me if I would like to join the band the hug you know and uh so he got he was studying art like i said and he got the academy gallery and uh built this huge sculpture of a hug like made out of wood dude
0: (laughs) (laughs) sally i freaking i heard about this show you did i totally heard about this show yeah in fact there's an art i want to say that dave allen might have written an article about he wrote there's there's a guy named Dave Allen who was in the band Gang of Four. Okay. And he wrote this great article about artists. You know, he said, artists, you know, please be amazing or get out of the way. And it was <laughs> basically uh get off your ass and realize that that artists changed, music has changed, the whole paradigm of waiting for a record deal and a million dollars and you know, goofing off and then being on behind the music is over. Mm-hmm. Right. And 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 You need to focus on having a great show or creating great art. If you're an artist, like you claim to be, you'll just keep making great art. Yeah. And and I'm pretty sure that was the article where he mentioned, you know, he mentioned Flaming Lips and their shows and like the tape recorder shows and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know about that, but there's a full on. I've definitely read about a band that played a show in a giant hug. Really? I can't freaking believe that. (laughs) Yes. I'll have to find I'm, that. Fu- I'm fully gonna find that for i'm gonna send that to you oh like my we- god <laughs> that's awesome we had two shows you're telling me the hug you're telling me the hug and i'm like there's no way that's the same thing
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know maybe so some- i mean there's there's other bands called the hug but i've never seen a huge sculpture no, like this no, no, no.
0: made nobody yeah. else thought of building a giant hug okay <laughs> no way that is rad okay so i'm sorry i interrupted keep going
1: No, I was just gonna say, like, relating that he like we had the show in Munich and then like I don't know, a year or so later we had there was a festival somebody started in Amsterdam and like this old rundown squat house called the Hug Festival and then he brought we brought the sculpture there and then played a show there. But we just had two shows.
0: (laughs) That is so badass. I can't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, well, awesome. yeah. He got you good. You had no chance. <laughs> no uh, chance. I know. And then no he shot. and then he took me to
1: Venice. Like that was like we. Yeah, <laughs> yep. he took me to Venice so we can have our first kiss there. And then he like. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh jeez. And then he proposed. I'm feeling very, very inadequate right <laughs> now. <laughs> I hope my wife doesn't listen to this because she will be so disappointed. In oh,
1: no. <laughs> oh no! Oh <laughs> no! no Jeez. yeah no it's pretty awesome
0: okay so <laughs> so you, oh my God. <laughs> yeah yeah we'll just go to venice so you can we can have our i know trip. like i okay, no uh, i
1: never like he's like hey you want to take a trip to venice i never even thought about like venice like i don't know i never thought about going there and then, then he, we drove there we like rented a car drove through the alps you know totally amazing and like get to venice it's it's like the rom- most romantic city in the world like <laughs> i was like, mm-hmm. where, where are we oh my gosh just like i love all that urban decay like you know just i don't know anyway yeah so so, yeah, so
0: let's let's do a real quick reset though for people here this is sally okay also <laughs> used to be known as ally she's talking about the most just so you guys have an idea of the person I'm talking to right now, you just heard all this stuff about a hug and Venice, but what does she say? It's the most romantic city ever, all that urban decay. <laughs> <laughs> I Guilty not the not the guys on the gondola singing or what no, no, it's the urban decay. Yeah. That's a real uh that's a real win for you. <laughs> that's true. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, no, but he he brought me then later <laughs> back back. Um. Actually, we went we went there one time before, and I was like, oh my gosh, he's gonna propose to me. Like this is after we'd been together a couple of years or something. I don't know how long. Mm-hmm. He didn't, you know. And then it was he took me on another trip, and then he he proposed to me. He said, "Willst du meine Frau werden?" And I luckily I knew German because <laughs> that means, "Will you, he be, will you marry?" He said, "Willst du meine Frau werden?" That means, "Will you marry me?"
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah, this dude is was not playing around.
1: <laughs> He's pretty awesome. Jeez. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. So wow. So I moved. Yeah. Then I. I mean, moved. you never struck me as the as you never struck me as the like silly heart. <laughs> you know, uh uh romance novel reader or anything. So all this is kind of a shock, but except I just gotta remember Urban Decay, Urban Decay. <laughs> Urban Decay. It's underneath Decay. Makes all make sense. It's so wrong.
1: I don't read romance novels, so you don't have to worry.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did I know, I know. <laughs> okay, so uh Prince Freaking Charming of uh <laughs> Deutschland. He's completely stolen your heart and uh taken you off to Deutschland. Yeah. And uh
1: Yeah. Yeah, so wow. yeah, so like uh yeah, ten years ago then I decided to move, like that was yeah, to decide if I should marry this uh Prince Charming. Yeah, so I decided to uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah, the rest of us are all kinda curious as to how that was like a big debate I know guy dude i took her to venice for our first kiss i mean i don't what do i do what can i what can i do else
1: (laughs) yeah i I hope he's okay with me sharing all that but (laughs) too late
0: too late now all all the tens of people have heard it already it's (laughs) over (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs)
0: I want to know something. Okay. You, you've been over there. Are you, what are you doing over there, though? Like, you didn't just go there and then he doesn't, like, you know, strum a guitar for you every day while you guys, <laughs> I don't know, traips across the German um, countryside.
1: Yeah, he makes, he, like, brings me breakfast to bed every morning. Like, just, yeah, it's.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: no. no, okay. You so, not
0: be telling <laughs> This will never see the light of day. This interview is dead
1: yeah no we we're we're, yeah we yeah what do i say (laughs) okay what have i been doing um well yeah i was working working different jobs and uh and then on the side you know playing music so and making art so that's what i've been doing for a while i felt like i was supposed to focus on one thing like because i've always been doing art and making music at the same time and uh And somebody suggested I kind of focus, you know, because if you try to do a lot of things and you don't do all of them good. So I kind of set art aside for a while and was trying to just focus on music, Black Swift. Um, Then I started here in Germany. Um, Yeah, I don't know, maybe about nine years ago, I guess, or something.
0: Um, Oh, Black Swift has been going on that long.
1: Yeah, it's been going on for, I mean, it's, wow. yeah, has it been that long? I guess. I mean, we had a different band before that called Go Gaga. <laughs> that was before Lady Gaga, so. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank um, you for clarifying th- that. <laughs> yes,
1: we said that first. You're a
0: huge Lady Gaga <laughs> fan. No. Good to know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I like Urban. Okay, so
0: theme, Black uh... <laughs> Swift started about nine years ago. How many records have you guys done?
1: Yeah, I guess maybe that doesn't sound so good,
0: does it? <laughs> No, no, I mean, it doesn't matter how many, let's be honest here. There's a couple records that all the bands could take back. So, yeah,
1: well, I just did like an EP and then I just put out this full length. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess maybe it hasn't been nine years. Um, Wow. Yeah. No, I mean, I've been writing songs and then finally, yeah, I've, I've had different, all different, different people in my band and still kind of a little bit of a rotating cast I haven't really found okay yeah the the folks who uh, have time to commit full full force so I kind of it's kind of a solo project kind of and then when my guys have time then we we play together or when I get gigs that I can pay them <laughs> yeah
0: so <laughs> okay so yeah you got a rotating cast kind of and uh but it's obviously it's primarily you is is your husband involved in the band he
1: was yeah he used to play bass um and then we found out we were pregnant with twins and that ended (laughs) 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 so somebody has to stay home yeah yeah which hopefully one of these days that would be fun to play again together but right now yeah doesn't really doesn't really work
0: Wow. So, well, at least you've been busy and doing stuff and staying active. I saw I saw the, um, instead of doing a Kickstarter, because you guys are coming over yeah. here, right, to, to visit, you know, you had the auction going for artwork and um, uh, try to raise a little bit of, of, of money for that trip, which I thought was kind of a fairly artistic <laughs> move, <laughs> As, you know, a little more creative than please give us money. Yeah. You know, which I I thought was cool. Yeah. But so and then when do you guys when do you come over here?
1: Yeah, uh July 1st. We have a nice long visit uh July 1st to mid September. Um yeah. Oh, nice. I'm excited. I I mean we we kind of just come every 2 years just cuz four plane tickets is a little spendy. Um, oh yeah. So yeah.
0: See so how many you got? Two kids, yeah. boys, girls, boy and girl. Boy and girl. Yep.
1: yep, Cedric and Stella.
0: Cedric and Stella. Yeah. Stella awesome.
1: Venezia, <laughs> because of that uh, story. I'm, Venice, you know.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look at you. <laughs>
1: Sorry, Urban Decay, Mark.
0: <laughs> urban Decay, Urban Decay, Urban Decay. <laughs> Uh I think it's cool. I think it's good i've i mean I've listened to the record you know um it's so weird I can totally hear you I mean, I can totally picture you making these songs i i the music I wasn't expecting because again, in my brain I was. I still had like the mortal thing. I know it's ridiculous, <laughs> but it's what, that's what, you know, if that's what imprints, that's what imprints, yeah. you know,
1: like you were expecting to make so like, industrial or like,
0: well, at least more like electronic okay. based or something. Sure. I don't know. You know, it's a rock and roll record. It's pretty great. Thanks. I think it's awesome. Are you going to be playing any shows when you come out here?
1: Yeah. I'm trying to uh, put that together right now. I really am trying to, nice. tour, and that's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm. I'm been playing. I mean, I've been playing here, like basically anywhere I can. I mean, I. I was listening to you. You were talking about like for you, it's being in the studio is what you like. What you need, right? As far as like, yeah, yeah. Not necessarily playing shows, and and I love recording and I love writing and stuff. But it, it's for me, playing. I love playing I, I i'm totally addicted to <laughs> to playing music <laughs>
0: yeah, i think that's as rad yeah. it's a good thing too because uh some of us would stay in a studio forever yeah. <laughs> and never come yeah. out
1: yeah but i mean it's it's tricky because um yeah to try to balance that with kids is really yeah because i i mean i would love to just head out on, on long tours and stuff but that's but i want to yeah see my kids childhood <laughs> You know, yeah no I, I get that <laughs> but um yeah so I'm 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 trying to like uh figure out like I've been playing these house shows which are really fun I just played one with my drummer which is just kind of you know rocking somebody's living room I guess um but it's cool <laughs> because you just get you get to people like actually listen it's not like you know some dark club where everyone's kind of chatting with each other if you know that happens sometimes um yeah. But, um. yeah, they're actually attentive and interested in, in your music and get to meet people. And, yeah, so I'm hoping to get some house shows and then to find some clubs along the way. And, yeah.
0: So here we are, we're talking about the band, and um, I don't know if you want to, I mean, you know, we had this discussion online about some of the stuff that was on your mind, do you want to get into that right I now? Know. I mean... <laughs> I
1: don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of nervous.
0: <laughs> what are you so nervous about? I
1: don't know, Something I guess. I don't about? know, I just... Um...
0: If nothing lo- more, take comfort in what? this... It's not like my show is getting five hundred thousand listeners, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you're still you're still relatively off the map, but
1: Yeah, you know, but I mean it's it's gonna I blow it's up a good, mark and people will go to the archives, you know.
0: <laughs> I still think it's a discussion worth having, you know, and I don't I don't think you should be afraid of it at all. In fact, well, I'm just gonna jump into it and then okay. if this bums you out we just won't put it on Same. the show. How Sounds about that? Good. I control it. I, I know I know a guy I can determine whether or not it happens nice. or not. You know, we talked about you and I love that you use the term outing yourself as a Christian. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Uh, you know, but it's it's a hundred percent it's a hundred percent accurate. I mean that's the way I think there's this big stigma, you know. Obviously I've talked about it a lot before, but people don't understand what it means to be pigeonholed in that way I mean, it's 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 one thing for an actor to be told yeah you're a you're a you always play a bad guy or you always play a this, you know you always play a degenerate you know, or you're always the leading man and the hero yeah. you know it's it's another thing to tell an actor you are an extra,
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> you are <laughs> a bit player, you will never ever see more than five minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's certain kinds of, of uh, declarations from people who aren't doing what you do that limit what you do. And I think that's as much of a, of a pain in the ass as that might be, it's also just the way the world is. Mm-hmm. And there's no sense in crying about yeah. it. You know, people like to pigeonhole. Yeah. People who've never done what you do love yeah. it. So... I suppose we should go a little further into that. I mean, you told me basically your apprehension. It wasn't. There's no. There's no shame in your beliefs at all. That's we're talking about yeah. here. I mean, the, well, the impression that I got was: Do I want to have those limitations put on me as an artist? Is, is that accurate? Mm-hmm. Do you think that's an accurate assessment? The,
1: I don't want to. Basically, I don't want to be labeled as a as a Christian artist. Is that yeah, right. that's totally
0: accurate. But but for the for the reason you don't want that because of because of why because of the the implication musically or because there could be a lot of different reasons why you don't want that association. Yeah, and the, and Do there is. Care? I
1: mean, because of the history, I think you know what you've talked about many times, you know, like with the Christian label um, mm. pop punk christian you know whatever yeah um and but i think for right now for me i mean that's not as much of an issue for right now it's um it's just that you know i i don't like to call myself a christian you know which um which i don't want to be egotistic or i don't know think you know be saying in a way that i think i'm better or something but i just have a hard right. time with how including myself how christians have um have acted and in ways that i feel like are definitely not christ-like and so i don't like if i were to meet somebody on an airplane and they were to ask me like what's your religion i i wouldn't say christian i would say i follow jesus you know um yeah and so I, i guess it's kind of the same then of course with music i mean and and it's with uh, it's you know it's not even just with Christian it's it's you know it's kind of like what Aaron was talking about with um, this labeling thing you know that and somebody mm-hmm. says what kind of music do you play like I hate that question <laughs> because <laughs> you know you don't right. want to limit it like it's I play a lot of different kind of oh, styles yeah. or a lot of different you know emotions and
0: yeah so yeah maybe even unintentionally the the person is asking you not what kind of music you play but how can i compartmentalize what you do and minimalize (laughs) everything about it
1: (laughs) which box can i put you in yeah Yeah, so i mean i don't want to go i don't want to be put in the christian box because i i once like i when i started when when we started with standby i had had been coming from um let's see here like let me go back just a little bit. Like, um, when I was a teenager, sure. um, it, it was like a lot of these, a lot of people you've had on your show, and, and Billy too, like, uh, I wasn't allowed to listen to, I wasn't allowed to listen to uh, mm-hmm. rock and roll. I Actually, my mom gave me, like, tapes from the 50s and 60s, like, that's what I listened to, I, like, groove on 50s and 60s music, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because those lyrics are okay. really good. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Nothing but wholesome <laughs> And then all the best intentions. And then
1: I was a metalhead, so um, <laughs> then I started, um, mm-hmm. yeah, listening. I had um, my big bangs back back then that I could hide my headphones and like would listen to Megadeth <laughs> at my Christian school. <laughs> anyway, um, but then I and then I went to Cornerstone in '92, and that's um, yeah, that's when I all of a sudden found all this music that I actually could listen to, and and that's when I met Tyrone Jerome and and rob walker
0: and this is Jyra and jerome of mortal folds and and rob walker who was he in the
1: yeah in? he was in mortal more yep
0: okay so he came from mortal and then he went of, of course to do wish for eden the first release from tooth and yep. nail yeah
1: yeah wow so like you know and then it was at the point where this you know i don't want to repeat i'll from your shows, but this whole Francis Schaefer, I was, I was going to college, I went to Bethel university in St. Paul and then, um, and was studying art and, um, yeah. And I started kind of feeling like that wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to just make good music and not, um, that it's Christian, you know, that was kind of a discussion with the guys in my band. But, um, so we, we decided to just go the normal route, like most bands do. And that, you know, I mean, I'm, Friends with Brandon, and you know, maybe whatever we could have done with tooth and nail, who knows? But mm-hmm. we decided just to do the <laughs> do it the hard way, and
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> it's the smart way, though. It's the smart yeah. way. Even success in the Christian market,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it means nothing. The second you leave as one who knows,
1: <laughs> yeah, I want to hear about that. <laughs> we by get the way. From selling-
0: <laughs> I mean, dude, we sold thirty-five thousand records, forty thousand records of, of Speakeasy. That was probably our best selling album. Okay. okay. Uh the next la- the next record that came out, albeit it wasn't a great release, it wasn't a be- the best time of our lives, that thing sold like two or three thousand copies. You okay. know, I mean, something really small. Yeah. You know? That's a because big difference. Because who
1: did you put it out through or what or what was the difference? Nitro.
0: Okay. It was you know, was general market label. And we even went into the general market with these fans we yeah. thought we had in our pocket. You know, we might have sold 10,000 copies of that record, but that's nothing. Yeah. You know, it's certainly not. They, were, they had AFI when they signed us. I don't think that they were stoked on the, on the exchange. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> AFI left when we signed. They were already getting another deal. So it was like, AFI is gone, and now they got Staves Acre. It's kind of a bummer of a trade-off. But okay. <laughs> To go the route that you're going is a true one, mm-hmm. you know? It's just, you're going to get the fans you get strictly because they like your music. Yeah. But you're not really missing out on anything because oftentimes, at least from the generation of mine, it may be different now, But but when I was a kid, you know, you would get some exposure... Just because you were a Christian, you know, like you said, the strict parents or whatever. Yeah. But it's that doesn't mean those people are real fans of what you're doing. Yeah. What I'm saying, but I like the angle you're talking about here, as far as you know, not necessarily not just because of those things, but also because of you know what the term Christian has sort of become.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, we, we talked at the very beginning of the show about your trip to, you know, your time in India. And, you know, you, you were with YWAM, you know, when we first met you. I mean, you've definitely seen faith in action, right? Yeah. If it's different than this, this you know, monogrammed Christian rock thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe maybe just stay away yeah. from that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, like this goes a little bit with your um, your question about leaving the church, or you know, um, anyway, that like that was for me when I was going to Bethel. Um, I started hanging out at this cafe called Hard Times Cafe, <laughs> and um, I I was meeting these homeless kids there, and I was totally shocked because I, that was kind of like my first exposure to. <laughs> You know, poverty or struggle or whatever, sure. and my heart broke for him, and I just felt like, you know, I wish I could take him home. Like I wish I could, like say, come. But I was living like in the suburbs in this like secluded Christian community, you know, school, private college, and um, and that was really hard. And I think um, and at that point, I think I it was also kind of feeling a little bit disillusioned because I I took. I think this is trailing off a little bit, but um, I'll just finish. Um, <laughs> no,
0: don't feel. We have all the time in the world, okay? So don't right. worry about that.
1: <laughs> no, I took a class at Bethel that was called um, Poverty in, in the Biblical Perspective, and um, it looked and it, it okay. basically looked at the Bible and like basically how completely filled the Bible is with with verses about caring for the poor. You know, so then it was like, why why isn't the church doing more? I was taking classes where, where we were visiting, kind of seeing, you know, I was I was a cultural studies minor and then we were looking at church culture and stuff and I visited some mega church in the Twin Cities and it was just, it made me sick, <laughs> you know, like all the money invested <laughs> into this like huge building and just all that stuff, you know, uh, and so yeah, like, um, yeah. and so kind of, you know, around the time I'm playing in standby also, um, is we started a house called the Steiger house because uh, then I found some people, cause you know, you just, you look at the, at the new Testament and um, and see this church that happened. That was like this incredible uh, community where people really cared for each other. And, um, and you know, nobody was in need or whatever. And so we decided to um, to start a community house and then to be able to invite people that we met you know at hard times wherever in the city um, to stay at our house Mm -hmm. Um, and it was kind of like a a, like a 48 hour shelter Um, so we did that and um, but I'm not sure why why went off on that tangent Um,
0: no because you're you're just you're you were going more into the applied faith in action like I mentioned before I mean it's That's a very real issue. It's a very real disconnect. Because you take that what you just talked about, you know, starting this community where no one was in need and all these types of things. That is nothing, has nothing to do with American cultural Christianity. That is a completely foreign concept. And I hate to say it, but you are we're constantly surrounded by this this notion that Good Christian folks are good Republican capitalists and all that, you know. And I'm not saying anything against capitalism or Republicanism in general. But the monster that anything can become shows its ugly freaking face around me all the time. (laughs) So I'm sick of it, you know. Um, I've mentioned it before, you know, it's this waking up to rage business, you know. Every morning I used to get up at my... The place where my wife and I were staying, our in-laws, and Fox News is on television, and it's just uh, rage about every trivial little thing, yeah. and how every, all this has to do with like trying to take what was mine or whatever. We're not going to enable these poor people. It's just like, dude, mm-hmm. you know. And in all honesty, the people who really need a reaching out to aren't the enabled, you know, loafers and slackers or whatever. It's just people who actually have needs. I don't know. I think, yeah, the tangent wasn't really much of a tangent at all. It's the logical conclusion to that line of thinking. Yeah. You know,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's um, seeing what the Bible says about caring for the poor, and then looking to see what the church is doing, and also seeing from my own past. Like you know, when I when I became a Christian, I um, I was a really annoying Christian. Like I was, I was the kid in high school, you know, wearing the shirts, like, you know, um, I was um, First
0: Corinthians six ten, the drunkard will, yeah, it looks like a Corona thing, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, I wasn't wearing that. Ex- and more, I was more, I yeah. was wearing the Christian band T shirts. How about that? Um, <laughs> no, but I was like. I mean, it wasn't all bad, you know, like I was just, I would invite everybody to my my youth group, you know, I was just like full on, I wanted to, I wanted, I found something good and I wanted everybody to to have it. But it was the whole, you know, can get with the evangelical, like, um, pressure or something, you know, where it's, it gets too preachy or it gets, um, or you start doing mimes on the street and stuff. (laughs) I won't say whether or not I did that but um <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so going from that where it's like all about somebody making a decision to like re, like hearing Mother Teresa say like you love through your actions, you know? And um yeah. and so that was, you know, so that's happening and then um yeah, so I mean I think that's why I don't want to be associated with yeah exactly what you were saying this uh, kind of Republican um, <laughs> yeah we don't have to get politics
0: but um uh, yeah well that's the thing though you can't you can't not get into politics they've made it political yeah
1: exactly you know yeah.
0: that's you you and I may not have any intention of discussing politics but because of the culture that we currently live in it automatically gets thrown into this political context and at any moment one of us is going to be called an emergent church person whatever that is or a liberal or something and I honestly don't get it I don't care about any of that stuff you know I don't even know what the emergent church is so (laughs) if I'm that um, I guess I'm sorry I don't know know? is that
1: a bad thing
0: I don't I don't I have no idea I really don't know yeah because i don't have I, I don't spend any time around that culture anymore yeah. you know and i I think it's relevant your your this whole concept of you know should you out yourself or not? It's relevant to me if for nothing more aside from just my own experiences, but where does this show go next? You yeah know? I could probably mine out a few more months of of really interesting people and we can do the nostalgia thing. But at some point in the very, in the not-too-distant future, that's going to not be enough. And I, I never wanted it to be that specifically, yeah. you know? I mostly wanted to just talk about people after their dreams died, but nobody ever wants to admit <laughs> that their dreams died. <laughs> so we don't really go there too often.
1: I'd like to walk. he's all chained up, he's all chained up, he's crying, I'd like to walk the neighbor's dog, but he's all chained up, he's all chained up. See the name is set free, set free. But it doesn't have to be me.
0: person and you know you're you're creating music from a sincere place the discussion as to whether or not you should out yourself as a christian it's just so it's such a bum out that it's even that it even ends up sliding into that you know i mean
1: well i just it feels like um i think you know coming back to like this christian music scene where like some clubs you would go to and like, they'd expect you to preach or something, you know, um, going from that extreme where it's like this forced thing where, um, you have to, like, it's all about the lyrical content or something, you know, or how it begins. Um, and, and then it's like about the words, about what you say, about what you believe. Right. So that's kind of like the message before the art, you know? And so, um, like going from there where it's like this pressure, to share the stuff and then for me then going the opposite way where it's like i i was going the opposite like i want to let the music speak for itself you know i'm not gonna preach on stage or whatever you know like going the opposite way where i want my music to be open to everybody like not just christians and but at the same time i want to um I want to be real. Like, I don't want to hide yeah. who I am because I'm afraid people won't like it. I mean, that that's just the point I am right now where um, it's possible. Like I say the name of Jesus in some of my songs, you know, like, and whether it's um, yeah. questions or, you know, like I write. Um, yeah. It's, it's a lot of times, wh- whether it's questions or kind of sorting through stuff, you know, where Jesus is in my life. So that's just kind of part of it, whether it's, you know, Right, right. So I'm just trying to find, like, a way to have the ability or the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Freedom. Freedom, permission or something to to be who I really am. (laughs) Like, you know, it's not that I've been hiding my faith, but I I definitely am not as open as I would normally be if I would think, you know, people don't care whether... I'm a Christian, or I'm, I'm a Christian. See, so yeah, I just whether I'm a follower of Jesus—that's my thing, or not.
0: <laughs> yeah, you said I Christian. Know. You said Christian. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. But see, I think there's there's a a discussion that's behind oh. all of that that solves all of this, and that's it's the politicizing. It's the same thing that leads to politicizing faith. It's the same thing that leads to marketing faith. It's it's, you know, you mentioned a cart before the horse kind of a scenario just a couple moments ago. And to me, it is that it's a it's you got all this other crap out in front and the the depth of it all in the back and gets addressed later. Right. Mm-hmm. So there you are, you know, you know, if you're still a believer in. If you're, you know, if you are still a follower of Christ, right? <laughs> uh, if you're a Jesus person, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. If you're, if you are of that faith, then what you have to know, right, is that God knows the heart. And who gives a shit what anybody else thinks? Yeah. That's freedom. I say that's great freedom. Mm-hmm. I don't care if anybody doesn't approve or does approve. That goes for so-called Christian people and so-called non-Christians, you know, like, oh, I mean, we've, we've experienced that before, you know, in my various bands in the past, you know, not able to do this or do that because you're Christian people, whatever. But it turns out you're fine. You survive and no one's really, it doesn't really hurt anybody. And if your music is loved by people, then it just gets out there anyway. No one cares. It's like, but the second you dip your toe in that pool, man. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. I mean, I thought of an analogy the other day, um, which I feel like I have, I have this, this treasure, right. I have this, it's in my hand, I'm holding it and nobody really can see what it looks like. And mm-hmm. some people might think it's a stone that I'm going to throw at them, but really it's a jewel. And it's something that's really precious to me. Um, and so that's kind of where it's at, because most people have been stoned with Christianity, I feel like, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
1: that's that's the problem. Like, Christians, if you ask somebody, you know, what is a, what's a Christian like? Judgmental. Like, I feel like that's probably the first word that comes to mind. And I don't want people mm. to feel judged. You know, like, that's not my place to judge people. Like, I want to be able to be real about who I am and be able to share my treasures But, um, yeah, I don't want, if I start showing this, that they think I'm going to stone them.
0: (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Well, Sally, I got to tell you, you know, I feel like you've just missed the boat tie entirely. You know, if you don't see the the opportunity you have there to make yourself feel better by making someone feel bad, you're really missing out.
1: (laughs) Wait, 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 go back, go back. If I don't, say it again.
0: (laughs) The point is... Our the Christian people have some I don't know. There's like this thing where we forgot that we were shown grace. Yeah. You know? You say people have been stoned by Christianity. It's like not just stoned, man, they've shot shot at them with slingshots. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And why? What does that ever accomplish? What what is ever really accomplished by that? But but even worse, what damage is being done on every level you know
1: yeah
0: i can see your hesitant you know your hesitation there and i fully understand it but again but going back to the square one dude god knows your heart knows the individual motivation behind everything you know so if that's all that we really need to worry about then whatever yeah you know shooting people with pearls <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy yeah but it's also, you know, the reason why it happens is it's easy. It's easy. Way easier to crush somebody and make them feel bad than uh, it is to build them up and, you know. Yeah. Die to yourself or whatever. I'm the one to talk. I'm the guy who loses his shit in traffic every <laughs> single day that I'm in Lakeland, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. The things that are... That's a radio show. I should just put a mic in my car for a month and choose some good moments. (laughs) I swear, some of my best creativity has come from the things that have come out of my
1: (laughs) When you're in traffic?
0: Oh, Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know if I, you know, I wasn't, my intention wasn't to uh, put you on the spot or, or even to, you know, help you maneuver through this difficult decision. I'm just saying, you know, I don't really think you should worry about it at all. Yeah. Nothing will change for good or bad. Actually, that's not true. Things would probably more likely go for to bad <laughs> yeah. by finding a way to label yourself. I don't know. Isn't, isn't there something to be said for the, you know, I think it's Thomas Aquinas, the um, preach always, if necessary, use words. I may be misattributing that to somebody, but, you know, all these words. I mean, you and I grew up around this scene. Yeah. You've heard all the bold declarations of faith, right? Mm-hmm what is your overall assessment of it over these years? Do you think people who talk that much are more sincere or less? <laughs>
1: um, I guess, you don't yeah, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> it depends on it who. tells
0: the tale, man. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I know that in the end it's, you know, it goes back to just the basics that we're just supposed to love people. Um, and I guess for me, yeah, with this specific topic, the reason that I that I, it's come to my mind is just because I started thinking about, you know, where my influences come from or, and I started documenting my own story, which is, you know, has a lot of is a Christian background, you know, and, um, and then I was thinking about, Like, which I know you're probably against this, but I don't care. Um. (laughs) No, I was thinking about, like, when I put up my record um, about, I started writing a little bit of behind the scenes of some of the songs. And I never, never, you know, made it public or anything, but I, I thought I wanted to just kind of give a little bit of background of what I was writing about. And so, but then it's like, you know... I steal verses from the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like
1: I plagiarize. (laughs) Um, No. um, Or, you know, then it was just kind of, that's where it came out for me where I was like, should I, should I be this open or something? Which maybe it's, it's maybe totally ridiculous. And it's, it's just probably has to do with um, fear of people and um, wanting people to like me. And, um, yeah. yeah, I I still want people I still want people to like me. <laughs>
0: it's still, it's it's a strange juxtaposition, you know. You're a musician trying to to make songs and and wanting people to listen to it. So obviously you want them to like what you're doing, but you know it's the risk that you run if you're. If you believe in anything at all, yeah. Forget I mean, I was
1: thinking that too. Geez. Like, I'm, I'm think probably there's some Muslim music uh, musicians who would totally connect with what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. No way, they're all bad. We don't talk about
1: them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna get some shit for that one. But it's, you know, I don't. I think all that matters, dude, is sincerity or not. Yeah. You know, who cares? You know, it's too bad there aren't more nerds associated with Christian rock because <laughs> they could, they could write like uh, like alternative histories. You know, what if Tooth and Nail Records just started off as Tooth and Nail Records, the regular old record label, and there was no association with Christianity? Yeah, what would have happened? Would those bands? Have blown up as big as they did, would that label have become the phenomenon that it was? Mm-hmm. I do not know you know, so what's it what do you want yeah I mean I don't know I think any anytime you are pursuing something something with integrity and that could be just anything i I don't have any metaphors or anything, but you know you you pursue this thing and you're and you're hundred percent committed to this pure artistic vision you're gonna meet challenges where you either are compromising your artistic vision or not Mm -hmm. yeah i don't
1: know i don't know that's good i mean it's not good but (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think my gut says like who cares like you know i just need to do what i need to do and people some people like it some people won't and that's just how it is you know but as far as like um, yeah, I wouldn't like, not, not like, um, what's the word being, um, ugh, seriously, my English has gotten so bad. <laughs> Can I say it in German? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, um making a foolish decision or something, you know, like being smart, like just being smart about like what to share, what not to share, what, you know what I mean? Like what's necessary when, when you just want the music to speak for itself anyway, you know? But yeah.
0: Well, I think that what you just said needs to go on the show though. Yeah. That right there, just about making a foolish decision. Yeah. And letting the music, that's where it's at, you know? Yeah. What does it matter and you know and I can also I don't like to quote I don't like to put words in people's mouths or anything, but you know if you wanna like I put it this way, let's imagine I'm cutting back to the songs or whatever. If 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 there was a final thing that you would say on the whole matter, you should say it right now and then I'll just make sure that it's in there. You know? Um so make sure that your words are poetic and amazing. Don't fail me. <laughs>
1: Right now, I have to be poetic and amazing.
0: Right at this moment. <laughs> Haven't
1: yes. I been the whole time?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. See, the standard, the standard that your old man has set is just, uh, it's, I'm, I'm in it's trouble. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I don't really know what I'm supposed to say now. So you got me <laughs> tongue-tied.
0: Um, well, I mean, we were just, we were discussing where you kind of ultimately land with the whole thing. I mean, do you feel like we kind of worked out where your, <laughs>
1: your head is there? Through this counseling session, <laughs> I feel like, um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got me as a counselor. You're screwed. <laughs> Oops.
1: No, I mean, I mean, the reality is like, with anybody you know whether you know i said outing like myself which is kind of a joke but like it's even for you know i'm sure homosexual people feel like that if they if they let people if they if a musician would let their fans know that they're gay then they might lose some fans you know and like in some ways i feel the same way (laughs) like if people know i'm a christian they might not like my music as much but whatever like i'm just gonna be who i am like that's That's the bottom line. Like, I'm not, I'm not intentionally hiding who I am, but, and I want to be careful and I want to be smart and stuff and not uh, in your face when it's not necessary, but, um, yeah, we're supposed to just,
0: well, I think it comes down to art, dude. I mean, if you're doing, if you're, you're an artist, you're a musician and a painter and all, I mean, you're all of these, you're an artist and you, what you're doing as an artist, if it's done for, for any motivation other than a sincere expression of your artistic, you know, uh, aspirations, then it's not real. So to try to, again, it's, it goes back to that idea of cramming anything into a, a tube, you know, for presentation. It's like, Oh, I'm a musician, but I also have to be really, really opinionated about socks. <laughs> like what? You know, I don't, oh, no, you're just a musician. You know, you're writing the songs that you write. You, you, you know, what comes through comes through. And I think it's important to both know what you're not trying to do and know what you're trying to do. You're trying to to make the music, and you're not trying to market your faith or yeah, or your, you know, agenda. Yeah, your agenda, and you're also, uh, you know, but you also have to have a little bit of faith. Um, see what I did there? <laughs> you have to have a little faith. You have to have you're a little so bit poetic. of faith that the the truth. Well, I can turn it on and off. Uh, <laughs>
1: you are so amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so no, seriously, I've completely forgot my lost my faith. Train of thought. faith. You have to have a little bit of faith that I just said it again, that what you, that the truth will come through and that what actually matters is, is still being met, you know, be it peace before God, be it peace in your house, you know, peace with yourself as a musician. You just have to believe that, that that's going to work out. You know, I just think the number one thing is to not do anything out of compulsion beyond your own artistic compulsion. Yeah, as long as you do that, you're good, yeah. right?
1: No, that's good. I like that. I'll take it
0: again. On and off switch, Sally. <laughs> on and off switch.
1: <laughs> you got to teach me that okay. trick, Mark.
0: <laughs> uh, listen, you're either born with it or you're not. Oh, man. (laughs) I may not have taken my wife to Venice for our first
1: kiss.
0: (laughs) Well, ladies and gents, there you have it. Sally Grayson has dared to ask the question, should I out myself as a Christian? I got to tell you, I think it took a lot of courage. She asked it out loud in front of everyone. So what do you think? What's your dream How would your dream be affected by your faith in the declaration of that faith? I'll ask you this. In addition, what if the merit, what if the value of what you did was measured by the level of risk involved in outing your own self for whatever reason you might need to do so? Where would that leave you? You know, something to think about. Listen, I think she rules, and uh, and apparently so does her husband. Uh, Forget closet and faith and all that jive. I mean, somebody get this guy on the phone so we can find out how he does it. I mean, he built a giant hug to play a show inside of. Who does that? I mean, what'd you do today? My thanks to Sally for her time and for cracking me up. And Sally, you go, girl. Do what gives you peace. You overcame Chicken and his Band-Aid collection. You can do anything. Okay, songs you heard tonight were uh, Branches and Sticks, George Lasso's, The Sun, and The World Howls off of uh, Black Swift's new album of the same name, The World Howls. You can check them out on blackswiftmusic.com. Uh, you can find a ton of stuff on there, including links to the music, art, and what's going on with them. And definitely check out the band's Facebook page at Facebook backslash Black And look for Sally when she's out here this summer of 2015. She's a great person, great spirit. And damn it if she can't play the heck out of that guitar As always This show was produced by Billy Power Of UrbanAchieverShow.com This episode of Never Was And all other episodes can be found on the website At INeverWas.com Or Go to iTunes under Never Was Podcast Please feel free to visit us on iTunes And drop a rating, that would be awesome And uh Finally, the quote of the week For you to chew on From the Greek philosopher Aristophanes, let each man, sorry ladies, exercise the art he knows. Thank you so much for listening, for writing, and for taking part. Be well, be at peace, and rainbow out. Somewhere at the dark end of the street Uh-oh, here comes the Jets. Oh, no. Can you hear them? Yep.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> that sounds rad. Ladies
0: and gentlemen, if you're hearing this, it was just an air show. Um, if you're hearing this many, many years later in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, we are actually documenting the attack. So just oh no, for clarity's sake.